Hi, this is Daniel Sandoval from the Sandoval Bench Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. That's BetOnline.net. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Uh, so for this week's episode, uh, there's a lot to get into as far as NBA free agency, uh, Kevin Durant's trade demand. Uh, they're still trying to figure out what to do with Kyrie Irving, uh, Rudy Gobert trade, uh, some news in, in college football, some uh, Pac-12 news, uh, devastating news for the conference. Uh, we'll get into that and what it means for the future of the Pac-12, uh, there's an update on Baker Mayfield, and we'll talk about some uh, some summer league basketball, some uh, Chet Holmgren, uh, see what's going on there. So first, I, w- I wanted to start with uh, the NBA free agency. It, it was crazy the first couple of days. Uh, it has died down, obviously. There's a standstill. A lot of people are unsigned right now. A lot of free agents are still out there mainly because of uh, the trade request from Kevin Durant, uh, which I'll get into in a bit. But first, I want to recap some of the, uh, the the signings that we have already. Uh, Bradley Beal, you know, we discussed this in the past. Um, I've been wanting him to opt out or, you know, ask for a trade something. Play some meaningful games, but um, like I said, it's hard to turn down a $251 million max contract. So he... Uh, opted out and then um, opted to re-sign for the max extension uh, with the uh, with the Wizards. You know, his family likes the area. He's already comfortable there. He's probably gonna be the best player that they've had. Um, and you know, what else is Washington supposed to do, right? They're, you know, they've been um, a poorly run franchise for a long time and they have you know he's not a superstar i'll say he's a star um you know they have someone who wants to stay there so he's he's gonna take the money which like again like no no anger on my end i'm not i'm not mad at him for it um you know you only have so much time to make as much money as possible right so you do you bradley beal uh, and then Zach Levine, he, he was rumored to be on the Lakers' radar, just like everyone else and their grandmother are, are going to play for the Los Angeles Lakers next year. Uh, but Zach Levine has opted to sign a max extension with the Chicago Bulls for $215 million. They also signed Goran Dragic uh, to give him some depth in the backcourt. I I really like the, um, the Chicago Bulls when they come back defensively. Uh, they'll have some pieces there still. Um, you have Alex Caruso will be healthy. Lonzo Ball. You know, you still have Vucevic and DeRozan. Now you re-signed uh, Zach Levine. So I expect them to be better uh, in year two together and then um, better defensively because they'll be they'll be a lot healthier. And here's a big signing for the New York Knicks, I guess. It's a, it's a very Knicks move. You know, uh, they signed Jalen Brunson for a $104 million contract. I like Jalen Brunson. I thought he played well. Uh, during the playoffs when Luka went out, you know, that kind of showed his growth and his potential and uh, the Mavericks potential as a whole playing without Luka because they didn't have uh, that number one to rely on. Uh, but I don't think Jalen Brunson is a superstar, obviously, right? Um, I don't think he's a star. He, he started in his role there, but there could be potential for him to be a star, but it's a very Knicks move. Um, you know, they, they have a hard time signing Big free agents. Um, so they did some tampering here, though. Uh, they they hired his dad, and now they're being investigating for tampering. And, um, you know, the Mavericks had offered him, I think it was $69 million during the season. And, 
or no, they didn't sign him. They that's the number that Jalen Brunson and his team wanted, but then uh, the Mavericks decided not to offer him that at the time. Um, so the Mavericks lose their be- their second best player, um, which you know I, I think that'll affect them next season. But they I think they still end up as a four or five seed. Luca's in a lot better shape. We've seen some videos of him playing um, over there in the summer uh, for Slovenia, and he looks like he's he's actually working out and he's you know eating right. He's, maybe he's seeing nutritionist or something. But hopefully he gets into the season next year in shape. And we could see him in shape, top tier shape, all season long. And instead of playing into into shape like he's done in the past, um, Anthony Simons sent, uh, signed a hundred million dollar extension for four years with the Portland Trailblazers. I like what Portland's doing. They're adding some pieces around Damian Lillard. Uh, Damian Lillard still hasn't fully decided if he's going to ask for a trade yet because he wants to see what they do in the offseason. They traded for Jeremy Grant. They brought back Nurk. Um, they made some good draft picks there too. So, um, and I think they, they let go of Eric Bledsoe, which good, you, you should do that. Um, so yeah, I, I like the pieces that they're, they're, they're putting around him. So we'll see if they're able to compete next year. I don't think they're done as far as free agency goes. Uh, Lou Dort from OKC, they re-signed him for five years, $82 million. Um, I like what the Oklahoma City Thunder are doing. I know I talked about Sam Presti. He needs to start, you know, putting together a team that's going to make the playoffs. He has all these picks. We have, we have um, all, you know, talked about how great he is and stuff. But you know, um, all he's been doing is collecting picks. So we need to make sure that he's drafting the actual great talent. Which brings me to my next point. Uh, Chet Holmgren looked amazing in his summer league debut. I know it's just summer league, but. Um, you know, he looked great in, in the flow of the offense, shooting threes, uh, playing on the inside. He can't really bang bodies with people down low because he weighs like 130 pounds and he, he's a stick figure. But um, he has like the skill set of a point guard. Just I just would really like him to bulk up a little bit because, you know, he had six blocks. He was good defensively trailing guys and stuff. But then that second game, he just got bullied and he struggled. He got bullied down low because he, he's, he's very skinny. So people, when he was in the post... They were just pounding him in the chest, and he was just flying. So you can see the best and the worst of people. I'm not overreacting either way. I think he can be good. I, I wasn't a, a believer, but you know, watching more games and, and more film with him, he he has the skill set to do it. Right now, he just need and he has he has so much confidence. And then him with Josh Giddy, and then Lou Dort and SGA. You know, they have some pieces there. And then, you know, Poku, we can see the development of Poku. OKC is putting together a nice, you know, um, young, skillful team again. Um, I mean, I just want to see them play some play some big games and not give up and, and trade away some assets for more picks. I just I really want to see them try uh, to compete. But, um, yeah, Chet Holmgren, looked, he looked really good. And then he looked average. So um, I want to see him against NBA competition because some of these guys in the summer league, they're going to end up playing overseas and, and some of them aren't even going to be on the rosters. So um, we'll see how that one goes. Uh, Nurkic, you talked about that one. Mitchell Robinson uh, re-signed with the New York Knicks four years, $60 million. Uh, Bobby Portis, as I said, uh, my last episode, he re-signed with Milwaukee. Um, you know, obviously offers them some depth there at the position uh, for $48 million. Marvin Bagley, for some reason, people were interested in him, and uh, he's re-signed with Detroit, three years, $37 million. Chris Boucher, uh, re-signed with Toronto. Let's see what other ones are notable. Uh, P.J. Tucker, uh, he left Miami, and Philly or signed him for three years, $33 million, which P.J. Tucker's 37 years old. At the end of this contract, he's going to be 40 years old. I thought it was a questionable questionable contract decision like he has maybe one one year left two years like tops like there's no way he's gonna be able to play like 30 minutes in the playoffs I don't know what their expectations of him are except maybe like a Udonis Haslam role or something but um, I thought that was kind of weird because they got rid of they got rid of Danny Green and now they bring in PJ Tucker who has like a year left and then they're still gonna be paying him two years after that um, and then some notable losses from the Warriors. They lost uh, Gary Payton II. Uh, Portland got him a contract for three years, $28 million. So, again, I like the pieces that, that Portland's adding around Damian Lillard. They also they lost some some uh, bench depth. They lost Damian Lee, went to the Suns. Uh, Bielitsa 
told uh, Warriors front office that he plans on playing overseas this next season. They lost Juan Toscano Anderson. He went to the Lakers. Um, and then they also lost someone from the coaching staff, Leonardo Barbosa. He decided to take a job with Mike Brown, uh, coaching for the, the Sacramento Kings. So they lost a lot of depth. They haven't re-signed Andrew Wiggins uh, or Jordan Poole. And, you know, that could be, which I'll talk about here in a bit, that could be, you know, an option for for attracting some big fish. And I think that's, that's why they may not be uh, re-signing them yet. They haven't, I think, you know, all discussions have been put to a pause. But they did re-sign Kevon Looney, you know, who is very vital to, to the way that they play, I think, um, for three years, $25 million. Uh, Batum re-signed with the Los Angeles Clippers. Let's see. Um, what else? Ricky Rubio back with Cleveland. Oh, and then the, the Warriors also lost Otto Porter Jr. So they lost like five guys right there. GP2, Otto, Par- Otto Porter Jr., JTA, Damian Lee, and Bielitsa. So that's five guys on the bench. Um, some of them played big minutes for them in the playoffs in the NBA Finals. Um, Otto Porter Jr. went to Toronto for two years, $12 million. You know, that one kind of makes sense because his wife, um, his wife's from Toronto. You know, he likes the area and stuff like that. Uh, but the Warriors did sign Dante DiVincenzo for two years, $9 million. Um, he played in Sacramento last year, had him down here. But, you know, I, I, I just say that would happen probably because he's in Sacramento because he played well in Milwaukee, but then got injured that that last year. So, um, And then Joe Ingles signed for uh, one year, $6 million for, for the... Um, with the Milwaukee Bucks. I really like that pickup. He's going to be out probably for probably until January, maybe because he was still recovering from the ACL. But I like that pickup by the Bucks because he gives them some, uh, some defensive help there, you know, which they're already a good defensive team. And it gives them some, uh, you know, he could run the, he's kind of like a point forward. He could get other guys involved. He's a good passer and he could shoot the three. So I think that'll help help that offense a lot. And then there was some massive, Max contracts given out. I mentioned the Bradley Beal one. His has a no trade clause in it. His is the only one that has that right now. Um, Zion Williams also was given the max and he signed that one. Um, his has injury protections. So he has to meet certain metrics, games played and stuff uh, to get the full payout. Uh, Devin Booker got one. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Nicole Jokic, John Morant. Um, who else? I think that was it that I saw. But... Um, all massive ones. I think um, Jokic was like $287 million. Um, okay, so now uh, let's get into the KD situation. Kevin Durant, um, he was, you know, waiting to see what was happening with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving ended up opting in, you know, made a business decision there for, I think it was $47 million, something like that, right? Um, and after that happened, it was, let's see... A couple days later, Kevin Durant officially requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. But you know, there's a lot here um, to unpack because now there was there was some reports that um, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving still want to play together, right? And so, of course, the rumors with the Lakers came about that oh, they would have to trade Anthony Davis and they would have to trade um, Russell Westbrook, obviously, probably THT. They throw him around everywhere and some. Super future first round picks, probably 2027, 2029 picks. Um, but I just I thought this was interesting because Kevin Durant he chose his his home in Brooklyn, right? Uh, Brooklyn was a good team at the time, too. You know, this is when they had uh, Karis LeVert, D'Angelo Russell, you know, Jared Allen. Um, who else did they have? Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, and they had a different coach. That was Kenny Atkinson, who's now the lead assistant with the Golden State Warriors. And I remember everyone was talking about Brooklyn. Oh, man, you know, D'Angelo Russell, he revived his career, um, you know, from the Lakers. And, you know, he, he looks like he's a leader now. And I think they made the first round that year. Like, they were a good team. And they had um, they had depth, too. And, you know, they had, they had good chemistry. And, you know, they had built a good... Um, a good culture, a good team culture, had a good front office and ownership group was, you know, they were willing to do whatever it takes, right? And they finally recovered from that that um, just terrible, devastating um, K- 
Kevin uh, Kevin Garnett and uh, Paul Pierce and was it the Joe Johnson trades that they did and those signings just that that crippled that franchise for so long because they had no first round picks after that. And I think they only they made the the first round that year or something or second round, but they didn't they didn't do that well with the with those assets. Um, so you know they had all these pieces and you know they were a good team and you know then they make the move for uh, Kevin Durant and and Kyrie Irving. They make both moves same day. They get both guys right. And uh, Jared Allen was obviously the the better center, but no. They wanted their best friend, uh, DeAndre Jordan, who was obviously already washed. So they got rid of Jared Allen, sent him to Cleveland. Now Cleveland's a playoff team. Jared Allen's an all-star. Karis LeVert plays big minutes for uh, for Indiana. D'Angelo Russell was on a playoff team in Minnesota. I know he's not the best player there, and they probably want him out eventually, but he's still on a playoff team. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, now he's the second best player on a team that went to the conference finals last year. Meanwhile, the Brooklyn Nets got swept by the Boston Celtics and Kyrie had some really bad games and, you know, KD was KD, but you know, they just didn't have any, any, um, bench help or depth or anything. They brought in Patty Mills, who was just a, a disaster. Uh, Marcus Aldridge retired, unretired, became a disaster, was unplayable in the playoffs Blake Griffin, I haven't seen... Has anyone seen Blake Griffin since he signed with Brooklyn? That first year he signed with Brooklyn, he started dunking, and he was telling everyone, oh, I still got it. And everyone's like, oh, wow, he hoodwinked uh, the Detroit Pistons. And then then he showed why he was moving around so slowly in Detroit, acting like he was 85 years old, because he might actually be 85 years old. No one has seen him. I, I don't even know if his family has seen him. Has, has Blake's brother... What's his twin brother's name? It was like Brandon. Has Brandon Griffin seen seen his twin brother? Remember the lesser Griffin that was drafted by the Phoenix Suns? It's like, what are you guys doing? Come on. Only one family, only one person in that family was good at basketball. Anyway, so there was a lot of signings that were done because of the of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving situation. Uh, the franchise just gave the keys to two star players, which you got to be careful with, right? Look what look what had happened with LeBron when LeBron did that to Cleveland. It left him decimated with no picks, no players. Um, the Miami Heat weren't willing to do that for him, so he ended up leaving again, right? And then um, Kenny Atkinson was a great coach. I think he's a really good coach. He's a better coach than Steve Nash. I'll always defend Steve Nash as a player and a person, but as a coach, he has no idea what he's doing. Not yet, at least. He he. This was his first year, and he just. Even with the media, he just didn't handle things well with the whole Kyrie Irving situation. He just, he didn't have as strong of a voice as I think you need with those guys. Um, but Kenny Atkinson was good, and they're like, nope, we don't like the coach. Get rid of him. They got rid of the coach. Like, okay, man, we have good culture here. You know, we can do whatever you want. Oh, get rid of this. Get rid of that. Oh, we don't like this stuff. You know. Um, so they were completely run by these two guys who. I don't know what it is. They just had to prove themselves. Oh, I got to get away from Steph and I, and the Warriors, you know, and I got to win on my own because I'm not, I'm not, I'm invalidated with my two finals championship rings. And, um, you know, Kyrie, oh, I got to get away from LeBron. I got to win on my own. I got to be my own leader. Um, and then he goes to Boston and completely destroys that locker room. Goes to Brooklyn completely destroys this locker room. The only guy who has was in his corner was the, the team's best player, Kevin Durant, and that's why he was able to do whatever he wanted to do. But Kevin Durant just signed a, a, a contract extension. For, he has four years left on his contract. And the Brooklyn Nets, it's, this is just a colossal failure by this organization. It's just a terrible display of unprofessionalism from two-star athletes in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. The, at no point should you let it, I mean we have a history of seeing this of you get lesser players these guys aren't Kevin Durant is I think there was when he won the finals MVP he was the, the best player in the world and then if you go um, after that it, I had Giannis as the best player and then now it's Steph but for me Kevin Durant's still top three 
and I still go back to thinking about the shoe, his his foot being on the line, and they didn't get to the NBA Finals because of that shot. I just it just drives me crazy. I don't know why it's so it's such a small detail, but it's just I think about it way too much. I'm overthinking this now. Because if his foot's not on the line, they go to the NBA Finals and they probably win, right? I think they win and they beat the the Phoenix Suns. We have a great matchup between Brooklyn and and Phoenix, and I think they win. And then KD's a Finals MVP. And he feels vindicated. Oh, I did this on my own. I made. I got my own team here in Brooklyn. I called all the shots, and I won. I'm proving all you guys wrong. I'm, you know, you guys can't hate me. I'm not coming after you on Twitter or anything, because I won, right? And it just, it just felt like that that little moment right there. It just set them back because then uh, James Harden wants out, and then they got to trade uh, Ben the Ben Simmons situation. They got to bring Ben Simmons in, and then now this whole. Kyrie's situation just blows up and now it's like okay now what happens right because if they won then you kind of keep all the pieces together right and then you can you get the momentum into the next year and then you're good but we have a history of giving the keys to fran- to players like for franchises and stuff like oh we'll listen to you it doesn't always work it worked for LeBron because LeBron was a special talent, but then when he left, it just, you know, as I, as I said, you know, they, they won in Miami and then he went back to Cleveland, they won there and then he goes to the Lakers and they win there. And now they're all, they're trying to win again, but I, I'm not sure if it's going to happen, but, oh man, but like as a franchise, you just, there's only, like Steph Curry does it right. He's not calling shots or anything. Him and Draymond and Clay, they, they, they do their thing. You know, they were drafted by the team. They trust the organization that they're gonna, they're gonna, that they're gonna do what's best for them and the team, and look, they just won again. They've won four championships in eight years. That's the way it's working out. That's the way you got to do it now. But some of these guys, like, they're just like they want it so bad, and they just want to feel vindicated, and they just don't want people taking rings from them. And like, Kevin Durant is so thin-skinned, and I think it's just like it's just driving him crazy that the Warriors won another championship because people on Twitter and stuff are coming after him again. And uh, he just doesn't like it. So now he's like, oh, I got to go win somewhere else. Like, dude, you just chose Brooklyn. Like, where are you going to go now? And there's some reporters that he wants to go to Miami Heat. Oh, the Miami Heat who played against LeBron and the Lakers in, in the bubble finals in 2020. The Miami Heat who were just in the conference finals. Like, what? You want to go to an already made team like with Jimmy Butler and and uh, Bama DeBio. And, you know, I guess if you want to throw in Duncan Robinson and... Um, What's the other guy's name? The sixth man of the year. Uh, Tyler Hero. Do you really want to do that? Like, come on, man. Like, they just, like, they have a great coach in, in Eric Spolstra. And if he goes there, they're going to NBA Finals. That's just it. But seriously, like, that's got to be the weakest. Man, this is, it's weak. It's honestly weak. First, you, you're you you're you're up 3-1. You give up a 3-1 lead to the Golden State Warriors. And then after that, you're like, you know what, man? I just love the way you guys play. I'm gonna join. I'm gonna join you guys now. Like, what? And then you go to Brooklyn. You're like, oh, no, I'm going to Brooklyn. Like, okay, dude, go go to Brooklyn. And then now, he wants out and wants to go to another team. It's just, but then the teams that he listed, it's just like it's so weak. He's just running from the competition. And like, you're a great player. Act like you're you're an all time great player. He doesn't act like he's a he's an all time great player. That's the thing that bothers me about him. Because then now and then his other team they want to go to was Phoenix. Like seriously, you want to go to Phoenix? How weak is that of you to want to go to Phoenix, who finished first place this past year in the standings? They won sixty what sixty three, sixty five games. I know they didn't play well in the playoffs, but you know there was some COVID probably injuries that that were being uh, kept secret. But that's a ready-made team to win a championship. And then the year before that, they're in the NBA Finals. They're two games away from winning the NBA Finals. Oh, but of course, Kevin Durant wants to join that team. And who does he want to play alongside? Chris Paul and uh, and Devin Booker and Mikael Bridges. Okay, that if you put Kevin Durant on that team, they, they could win an NBA Finals, uh, NBA Championship. Like, come on, man. What are we doing here? What are you doing, Kevin Durant? Like, I, That's why I was saying... I would respect that. If he went to like Indiana, like, oh, I'm going to bring back to the basketball, the Mecca of basketball and bring a championship here or goes to the Knicks or something. Or even like I said last week, someone on, on a bleach report said the, the Sacramento Kings, like he just wants to bring a team or goes back to the thunder, something like that. Like that'd be, that'd be cool and respectable, but he just wants to go to a ready-made team and like, Oh, plug me in. And now let me drop 35. Like, Oh man, I just, it dude drives me crazy. I was 
finally turning a corner, you know, when he was uh, he was playing so well in Brooklyn, and then he was playing MVP basketball before the injury, and then now it's like, okay, dude, you just committed to the franchise for four more years, and then now you want, and then they did everything you wanted, and then now you don't like it, now you want to get you want to get out. It's the same thing with James Harden and um, and with Houston. It, it just drives me crazy. Like you made all these front office decisions and these roster decisions and coaching decisions. But then now you don't like the result because it's your fault and and the way you can't manage Kyrie Irving. LeBron would have managed Kyrie Irving, I guarantee that. But uh, KD doesn't like confrontation apparently with his with his best friends or something because they they obviously didn't have that conversation and he kind of let him run wild and he let him let the team down and then now he doesn't he doesn't like what happened. Like you put you put all the recipe together, you don't like the cake. Like what what that, that's your fault. You're the one who baked it. So you got to get some different ingredients there, but it starts with you. It starts with you because you ruined this franchise potential future. The front office has changed many times. Josiah, the owner, is making quick decisions, and he's he's seems like he's sick of it. And he switched out for uh, Kenny Atkinson for Steve Nash. Steve Nash was an unproven coach, but you're like, oh, I like Steve Nash because I worked with him in the Golden State, for the Golden State Warriors. So then he brought him in, and it was just a disaster. This has just been. Uh, a colossal failure by all parties involved and uh steve nash gets like the least amount of blame in my opinion because how are you going to control those personalities and kevin durant and kyrie irving and then everything with the front office it's just um it was just bad this is just a, a terrible display uh of unprofessionalism from everyone involved and obviously the nets are going to want a historic trade in return they want they want this to be the biggest trade in, in NBA history. They probably want at least five first round, second round picks. They want uh, probably two All Star caliber players. Like so, who had which teams have that? The Golden State Warriors actually have that. This is this was my my previous point. They haven't re-signed Andrew Wiggins. They haven't re-signed Jordan Poole yet. They only brought in uh, Kevon Looney. But you can put a package together. I personally do not want to see Kevin Durant back with the Golden State Warriors. But it, that was on his list of teams. And if he was traded there, that would be the ultimate weak, weak move in NBA history. But he did it once. So I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that he would do it again, honestly. They're like, oh, man, they, they, won, they just beat us down 3-1. Let me join them. Oh, man, we won two championships. Let me go to Brooklyn. Oh, they won again. Let me go back over there. I, I, I forgot what I'm missing here. You know, I left Steph Curry and Steve Kerr and Draymond and Clay, and oh man, I forgot what I had. I didn't realize what I had until I was gone, and I had to play for Steve Nash, and I had to play with Kyrie Irving, who was never there. He played like 35 games. Um, and I just, so they have the most assets. They could trade Moody, they could trade Poole, who's like, who looks like a future star. Andrew Wiggins is an all star now, and we saw him shine in the NBA Finals. Um, so you could put some pieces, you could put like five players there, two future first round picks. That seems like the best package in my opinion. And what some Warriors, some star players for the Warriors have already reached out to him. Apparently he's gone dark when everyone has tried to reach out, but they've had conversations apparently. Um, I think it's unlikely because the thing that made, makes the Warriors and had made the Warriors just amazing this year is the way that they're able to balance the future, the present and the future with their current stars and their future stars, and they still won the NBA championship. That was just amazing to me. And no other franchises have been able to do that. They've either traded their current assets to get someone to win now, and they make their, their championship window shorter. It's a, it's a smaller window. But the Warriors have a large window. It's open. It's wide open right now because if they keep developing Moody and uh, Poole and um, Kaminga, these younger guys, and Wiseman comes around, they could they could be in contention for another eight to ten years. Honestly, if those guys develop the way that we need them to develop, and Jordan Poole, like they they're really honest and they really figured it out. And Andrew Wiggins is only twenty six, so you have at least a solid five six years out of him right there. So I think it's unlikely. There's no way that they're doing the reason why they they they're a model franchise is because of the way that they balanced the present, and the future. Now, we look at the other assets from the Phoenix Suns. No one wants DeAndre Ayton right now, it seems like, because he's not a number one guy. And on the, on the Phoenix Suns, he wasn't he wasn't a number two. He was supposed to be the number three, but in some days, he wasn't even the number three. It was either like a Cam Johnson or a Mikael Bridges. There was moments where DeAndre Ayton would just disappear 
Um, he doesn't really have a strong presence down low, not the best rebounder. I've, I've mentioned this already this last episode. And the Pistons were interested, and then they pulled back. So I, ha- I have no idea who even wants DeAndre Ayton right now and like where he's even going to go. There's been no other teams linked to him at all. Um, so the only realistic option if they try to trade him to Brooklyn would be a sign trade to Brooklyn. And then it would be like you add Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, and some picks. But I don't think Brooklyn wants that. They want they want more assets than that. They want uh, an All Star level player, um, and I th- he's just not that right. And you know what? It just cracks me up too. It's like the whole Ben Simmons thing. They're like, oh yeah, I'm so excited to be here. It's gonna be so scary this next season when I'm playing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And now Ben Simmons is looking around like, wow, I'm the only player that wants to be here, I guess. And he hasn't played. It. That's like their best asset right now after uh, Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie, obviously. But that's their best asset that wants to be there apparently. But he hasn't played in like two years, so like, who knows what that's gonna look like. It's just, this is just a nightmare because you might be able to flip Ben Simmons to, I don't know, someone else. Like, I, it might, you might need a third team involved. Uh, but the Nets are looking for the largest trade in NBA history. And if you, if you tra- got traded to Miami, they have, they don't have enough assets because they can't trade Bam because he was under that like rookie max extension deal thing. And you could only have one of those players on each team. And so that trade would make them have two. So that he can't, he can't be traded. Um, so there's not a lot of options. And for personally, I think that the Brooklyn Nets are going to hold on to them. They don't have to trade them. I think they're going to do the, the best that they can to, um, make, to repair this relationship. Cause he's signed for four years and no one has the assets to trade for him. Unless you're like thinking about the Oklahoma city thunder and they threw in like Chet Holmgren and, and Lou Dort and SGA and like five, six of those draft picks that they have, that's how you could get Kevin Durant, actually. And I mentioned that in my last, my last episode. It's like they actually have the most assets right there. Uh, the Boston Celtics, you know, they just traded for Malcolm Brogdon, so they wouldn't be able to trade him. But if they traded Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, who else? Like some draft picks. And uh, yeah, I just I don't see that one happening either. Like, I just don't think that would happen. Because during his free agency tour, he said no to the Boston Celtics. He was like, oh, I was never going to choose Boston. Like, So he would turn him down. Why would they trade for him now? I'm hearing a lot about the Toronto Raptors and how much he likes Toronto. And, you know, um, he played with Scotty Barnes, OG, and uh, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, they'd probably trade Siakam, some pit. I don't know. There's They don't have enough assets for it either. So my gut is that nothing happens just because of the the return that it would that they would get for him um and the only one that has the best package is is golden state so i don't know unless like the chicago bulls are trying to trade levine and um like like you'd have to pair katie and DeRozan, but then they'd be in the same situation so like he would want to go to a situation where they can they can really compete for a championship and while keeping those those two stars that they have but um i don't know it just it just seems so unlikely and i think you know that's why there, there's this there's this uh, dead period here in in the NBA free agency because like they're all kind of waiting for what Kevin Durant's going to do. They want to hold on to their current contracts to like make these trades, but I expect it to be quiet into in into August at least, like unless like we get some other news. But um, you know they got to make the money work and stuff. But um, but yeah, that that's the update on Kevin Durant. It's just like. This is crazy. It, this is just insane. I love the. I absolutely love the NBA. It's like the. It's the gift that keeps on giving. There's always something new. There's always some drama. Some people arguing about something. It's just. It's just so great. Like the game is great when you're watching the games, but then the stuff behind the scenes is just. Oh man, it, sometimes it's even better. Honestly, it's just like so much drama all the time. It's like its own little like reality TV show. It's so great. Oh, and there's a big trade in Minnesota and Utah. Rudy Gobert, he went. So this is this is what's crazy. Okay, so the the return that Rudy Gobert got for the or that the Utah Jazz got for Rudy Gobert was just insane. So they have one, two, the 2023, 2025, 2027 picks are unprotected, and a top five unprotected 2029 pick goes to Utah. Like the the moves that what they gave up was just 
absolutely insane, I think, for Minnesota. It's good for them now. Um, you know, the Jazz got Patrick Beverly. Um, let's see, some other guys. But the picks, it's like, it's crazy. They got Jared Vanderbilt, Leonardo Balmero, uh, Malik Beasley, and some other guys, some other bench guys. So they gave up like five players, five draft picks. That's like that, that. That's like that's for Rudy Gobert, who you know he's an all star in in what he does, right? He's a star in his role. You know he had the um, he had that big contract. They're gonna be paying him so much money, right? And you know he, he won Defensive Player of the Year. But my so okay, I got. I'll just I'll be clear here, right? I want to be transparent as as what I talk about and why I may say some things. I think you guys already know I'm not a Rudy Gobert guy. I just the guy is just so irritating to me, and I'm on I'm on Donovan Mitchell's side of things when it comes to their whatever feud that they had. The guy just irritates me, and I can see why. Just like all the way down to his mannerisms and ever just the way he walk, everything irritates me about this guy. It's like me and my current manager. Just everything irritates me about this dude. Guy talks to me, I get mad. I walk into work, I'm just furious just i see him i'm mad this is how it goes i know and i'm now i'm off caffeine it's a whole thing that i'm working through i drink i'll drink like some tea here and there but it's not as much caffeine as coffee so i'm off i'm off coffee i guess when i'm at work my day off i'll have some coffee so that that's how it is with me and rudy gobert if i see him i'm just like okay he's irritating so it, it could you know he also started the whole covid thing he had the the Rudy Gobert COVID game where he got people infected. He had it and then he touches the microphones. He treated it like a joke and then everyone got sick and it was this whole thing anyway. But also if I'm taking that away, my dislike for him and all this other stuff in the contract, you know, I know the contract's crazy, 220 million or whatever he had signed. It's insane for what he does. How come if he's the best offensive player in the league or whatever, he gets he gets pulled off the court during the playoff games, right? Isn't that insane? And he he gets I know the Utah Jazz had bad uh, uh, defensive shifts and stuff, and he had to do a lot more for them than than what he he should in in what he can do, right? He's a great interior defender. I I, I won't deny that when he's in the paint. But he can't guard one through five. He could guard probably four and five, maybe three, the three spot if like they're in the key. But every time point guard, uh, you know, he gets taken out, you know, past the key, they just make him look silly. They put him in the pick and roll. They make him dance, and he's completely unplayable in the in the playoffs. Like we've seen time and time again, every time he plays the Warriors, they take him off the court. They plays the Suns, take him off the court. Like you just you can't have him on the court in in big moments. Like it's crazy. Because if he's on a, a on a team that doesn't play good team defense, then like you can't have him out there. If he was on the Warriors, he'd be fine. Because you'd have Draymond Green out there. You have Wiggins. You have Clay. Like they could take certain spots, and you don't have to have Gobert playing out of the key. And and Donovan Mitchell isn't. He's not safe from all this. He he start he stopped playing defense. He was, he came in as a two way player. He stopped playing defense. He got kind of an attitude about stuff, and you know so it's on him too. And he just wasn't able to guard guys on the wings. Right, so every time Rudy Gobert came out, they just he just looked ridiculous, and he didn't look like the best defensive player in the league. And I just don't think you should be paying some guy two hundred twenty million dollars or forty one million dollars a year for that. You don't give that much up, that many assets for that. But that's a move Minnesota has to make because they can't get star players there. And Rudy Gobert is a star in his role, like I've said. But they can't get they can't attract star talent to Minnesota. I don't know why, you know, well because it's Minnesota, but. They have some great pieces there right now. You know, I love Anthony Edwards, man. That's my guy. He's funny. He's, he's got charisma, and he's got that dog in him, and he just has the attitude that he's the best player in the world, and that's what I like. That's what I want to see. Unlike Cat, who, you know, he's a little lackadaisical with stuff. He just, Cat's another guy. Uh, I was I was impressed with him in the playoffs. He had some down moments, but then he came back after that, that bad performance, and he showed up in that last game. And then he walked off the court like he was Kobe Bryant crying and, you know, waving the fans and stuff. He just kind of irritates me, too. So, you know, everyone's zigging. Minnesota Timberwolves are zagging. Um, and, you know, they gave up Patrick Beverly, who seemed like he was the heart and soul of that team. But now they got the Twin Towers in Rudy Gobert and Carl um, uh, Anthony Towns. But I like this move for Carl Anthony Towns because now he's not forced to play 
uh, you know, the center position. He's terrible defensively. He's weak on the interior, um, on the interior presence there. So now you have Rudy Gobert there being the anchor. And Carlton Towns, he's free to roam and do his own thing because they'll put him at the four spot. And then you'll still have Anthony Edwards, who it's his team now. But it'll make them good now. They'll win, you know, probably 50 games again, 52, 55 games around there. They'll be really, they'll be a lot better defensively. But um, in the future, when they don't have those draft picks, I think that that's where there'll be there'll be an issue right there. Um, I was shocked by this. I didn't I, I didn't think that they were they were um, attached. They were linked to Rudy Gobert. I thought Chicago was linked there for a while, which would have made Chicago a great team defensively because you have Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball, and then you got um, then you got Rudy Rudy Gobert to protect the rim. Like that's a good defensive team right there. Um, and Patrick Williams, like it's, it's, it's a good, good team right there. But, um, yeah, they gave, I thought they gave up a lot of assets and Utah now, what, what is Utah doing? I think they have to blow it up and trade Donovan Mitchell, but then they told Donovan Mitchell, they're trying to build around him, um, that this is the best thing for the franchise. And I mean, that's a lottery team right there. They probably win 30 games, maybe because you just have Jordan Clarkson and, uh, who else? Like, uh, Mike Conley, who's a shell of himself, and then Donovan Mitchell. And, like, I, I don't know what else you're supposed to do with that. Okay, now we'll transition here to college sports. I, you know, I'm starting to hate college sports. Honestly, I'm just, I can't stand the stories that I end up having to talk about about college sports. It's crazy. The conference realignment is driving me insane, which I'll get into. The NIL stuff, it's just, like... It was good. I was in support of it, and then now it's just it's causing all kinds of issues. There's there's a ripple effect here, but we're gonna talk about conference alignment today. I was hyping up the Pac-12. I've been I'm a Pac-12 person all the way, right? Once Oregon State, I'm actually going back. I'm trying to finish my degree. Um, that's a whole other thing, but I'm almost there. All right, I should be done next year finally it's been a long journey but i'm, I'm all pac 12 i see pac 12 school in a playoff or some kind of championship playing a game i'm going for that school even if it's oregon ducks i'm going for pac 12 if they're playing against sec acc big 12 big 10 mac whatever i'm going for big 12 or pac 12 even colorado and utah since they're the newest additions and, you know, I, I love the Pac-12 because it's educationally, you know, they're, they're the better schools. They're better than the SEC. They're, they have, um, you know, they focus on education first. UCLA, that's a great school. They have a great law school. Oregon State, they have one of the best forestry programs, best engineering programs in the nation. You know, Washington is a, is a great university, too. Um, let's say Washington State has a great veterinary program. Um, you know, you even have Berkeley. You have Stanford. So much, so much uh, comes out of uh, those two universities alone, and then you know USC they have their issues. It's not uh, the best school, but they have they have a great film school. You know, I know they had the cheating scandal and stuff. So that's been that's been a black eye for Pac-12. But Arizona State doesn't have the best reputation, but Arizona does. You know, University of Arizona. But something something big just happened, um, and it it just bothers me to my core. It's just it's so irritating. Um, USC and UCLA, they have defected the Pac-12 and joined the Big Ten. The Big Ten is mostly, it's like Wisconsin, Ohio. You get Ohio State in there, Michigan. That's what the Big Ten is. And now they're, they reached out to these two California schools, these two LA schools, and they poached them. And now they're joined, and now those two schools are, are joined the Big Ten. And they're going to generate so much revenue those TV dollars from that TV deal that they have, the Pac-12 had the worst TV rights contract ever in the history of college sports. It was terrible. And they hired George uh, Kiyofkoff, or I think George Kiyofkoff, Kiyofkoff, uh, something like that. But he worked for MGM in Las Vegas, and he's supposed to blow up this conference. He's like, all right, we're going to make this the best conference. we got to make some changes here. Um, cause they, they just traded, they fired, what was his name? Scott Barnes. He, he didn't know what he was doing. So they got this new guy in and then this happens. How do you not know what, what USC and UCLA is doing? How do you not have a source hearing about this and try to get them to stay? And so now you lose. So USC, they had just hired Lincoln Riley and Lincoln Riley was flipping all these top recruits for the football team and stuff. And, and it was going to be a massive, uh, a great change for, for the Pac-12 because I was like, okay, cool, USC is back. We'll have Oregon there. 
Uh, maybe UW will have have a good uh, a good year, and Pac-12 will be back on top. I was I was oh, I was hopeful. I was hopeful. Back to the glory days when USC was on top of the Pac-12 and got national rec- recognition when the BCS was was uh, was thriving. They were ranked one and two. You get Reggie Bush and Pete Carroll. You get Matt Leiner. You get even Carson Palmer. You get these different teams that you have, and, and USC, it's like, it's L.A., it's fun, it's flashy, you know, they're winning Heismans, they're winning championships, and everyone wants to go to L.A., right, because all the star players were in L.A., but no, now they're part of the Big Ten, what the hell is that? So they joined the Big Ten, they absolutely uh, abandoned the conference that they've been part of since they started a school, they were part of the Pac, it was the Pac-6, the Pac-8, the Pac-10, now the Pac-12, and now they just go up and abandon them, abandon them and join the Big Ten, and it was all for money. Um, and now they're going to renegotiate the TV rights deal. The Big Ten is going to have a massive TV rights deal because they have they have reach from the Midwest. They have like Wisconsin and Michigan and all that, and then they have they have the New York some New York uh, stretch right there. They have Rutgers over there. Now they'll stretch all the way to California, so they're going to be all across the United States with TV rights money, which it's a great business strategy by them. Terrible. Another colossal failure here on this podcast that I'm talking about. You got the Brooklyn Nets and, and Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Now you have the Pac-12 is just completely failing at, at staying a competitive conference. And it's just, it's crushing to me because of, of being a part of the Pac-12. Now we'll have now we're back to the Pac-10, but they don't change their name. They're gonna stay the Pac-12. But now the Big 12, which is right now, I think the big it's a Big Ten, but it's gonna become the Big Eight because Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC. This is just terrible. Okay, so USC and UCLA are going uh, to the Big Ten in 2024, and now um, the Big 12 is reaching out to Arizona and Arizona State and Washington and Oregon. And so what the hell what does that mean for the rest for the rest of the conference? That's six t- six schools leaving the Pac-12 potentially. Two of them for sure and the other four potentially getting poached by either the Big 10 or the Big 12. So that would leave six schools in the Pac-12. One of them being my Oregon State Beavers. Let's get a go Beavs. And then it would be Utah, it would be Cal, it would be Stanford, and it would be Colorado. And it would be Washington State. And, okay, so those haven't been the best programs, you know, recently. You know, I guess Utah has had some good teams in the past couple of years. Um, you know, Washington State had some good runs. Stanford had some good runs, too, you know, with David Shaw and uh, and Jim Harbaugh. Oregon State had, had, some, had their runs, too. Um, Cal, you know, a little bit longer than those other schools. But, like, come on, man. That is just, that's not okay. And then there was another report that the ACC and and the Pac-12, whatever is left of the Pac-12, the the zombie remains of the Pac-12, are, are going to have a of a partnership. They're talking about because the ACC is dead too, like. But they have they have Clemson and they have Louisville. Louisville's been good in the past uh, football wise, but Clemson is like the big one, right? And uh, even though they're bad this past year, so ACC and Pac-12, if they come together, kind of save what's left of both conferences and create like i guess uh not a conference conference but like a a partnership where they they have like championships together like that would be the only way but uh, i mean fuck if if those other schools if washington washington state and or no washington oregon and arizona and arizona state if they leave together for the big 10 or big 12 i don't know what happens to those other schools like they're they like do they get downgraded to the MAC or something or like what? I, and the Pac-12, I've already said they should have made a move and got Texas Tech, Baylor. They should have gotten Boise State. I already I had a whole podcast on this that they they should have made some moves when there was other conference realignment when when Oklahoma and uh, and Texas decided to leave for the SEC. They should have started plucking some schools out. They should have got Kansas for the basketball. Get Baylor for the basketball. And, you know, if the football comes back. Get Texas Tech for that, too, for both of them. Then you could be a conference that has good basketball and, you know, decent football, right? Like, come on. Then you'll get the Texas market. And you'll get the, you know, still have the California, Washington, Oregon market and Arizona market. 
Why wouldn't you do that? That seemed like the logical decision there. And then Pac-12 came out with a, uh, with a, um, a post or some, a response saying, oh, we're not looking to add any schools at this time. We're happy with what we have. And then, boom, gets pulled right under. You don't even see it coming. USC and UCLA defect to the Big Ten. And now you're left with no other options. And then you could have potentially four other schools leaving the conference. And then you're going to have six teams left. So if you, if you just listen to what people were suggesting and took on those other schools and you could have been the Pac-16 or something, create your own super conference for the West Coast, you've been saved. But now you have to be saved by the ACC. No one cares about the ACC unless Clemson is number one. But they, they haven't been good since Trevor Lawrence. You know, I know he just left, but, you know, they might not be good for a while, right? And now if you're going to have to rely on the ACC, like, oh, my God, that's just so disappointing, man. Or even... Even the Big 12, like if those, like, come on, this is like, man, now it's just a completely dead conference. You know, I had hopes and now it's just, I, there's nothing left for the Pac-12, honestly, and and it's terrible. Um, yeah, I'm just going to end my podcast on that. It's it's upsetting. I, 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 I can't stand college sports right now. I am mad at college sports and um, the leaders of the Pac-12 for not seeing this coming, not not being more aggressive like they said they would be aggressive to save the Pac-12 and make it a more uh, relevant and and powerful conference like I believe it could be and it has been in the past. Like the West Coast is great. We should be able to recruit more people here in the Bay Area, in the Northwest. The Northwest is the best place ever. I just I just absolutely love the Northwest. And then you have Los Angeles. Everyone likes it. It's warm. Got beautiful people. Everything's better there. Like why I just don't get why they don't get better recruits. And then you have we stretch all the way to Colorado. Colorado's awesome. It's like the uh, it's like a a, a state locked uh, Oregon. It's an Oregon clone basically. You could do all the same stuff there that you could do in Oregon except go except go to the coast, right? So it's it's a beautiful state, but and you know I, I have some questions about Utah, but whatever, we'll just leave it. It's it's clean at least, right? But yeah, it's just it's so frustrating and it's just infuriating and it's it's just downright sad because I love the Pac-12 and but now I'm I'm all about the Pac-6, the the loyal members who will stay and have no other options because no one wants to pick them up. But it's okay. Um, yeah, love the Beavers and, uh, it's just, it's just sad because those schools won't get, they won't get recruits anymore and which will, they won't get as much money and they'll basically become like, um, like, a a better Mac school, like, like Boise state might get like the same money that like an Oregon state or like a Washington state get, you know, like that's what's, that's, what's terrifying is that like the future of like these programs, like it'll go down, Right. They won't get as much um, as as good recruits because they won't have the TV deals and stuff, and it's just not not. I don't like what this precedent for for what this is doing for college sports. It's just awful. But uh, that's all I have for my podcast. I can't talk about it anymore because it's making me upset. Um, so thanks for joining me. Um, I hope you guys continue to listen, and we'll be back next week. Hopefully, there's some some news on Kevin Durant. Uh, we'll talk about some other stuff. But um, enjoy the rest of the week and the weekend, and we'll talk soon. Thank you.